Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Super Bowl 58 is set. We have got the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. It is a rematch of Super Bowl 54. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. We welcome in the host of Good Morning Football, one of the hosts of Good Morning Football, also called the Ravens-Chiefs game with his brother and I and Eagle over on Westwood One yesterday. He is Jason McCourty, who joins us right now. Jason, it's Chris Carlin. It's Joe Fortenbaugh. We appreciate a few minutes. Just, just want to start here. Coming out of the Chiefs-Ravens game yesterday, did you feel like the Chiefs won that game or the Ravens lost that game? I would say 100% Chiefs won the game, and you're going into that game, and the Ravens were favored. The Ravens have been really good this year, number one defense uh, in the NFL scoring defense-wise, and you're looking at a different season from Lamar Jackson and everything that he's been able to do this year with Todd Munkin as the offensive coordinator. And you look at that game, I was there, the atmosphere. You have Ray Lewis there, Ed Reed. uh, Sizzles there, Terrell Suggs. There's so many different guys, and from the beginning of the game, Ravens get the ball three and out. Chiefs go down and score a touchdown just like that. Next thing you know, they're up 14-7. to seven. And not only their execution on the offensive side of the ball early on in the game, defensively, they stifled that Ravens team. Yeah, there were a few big plays by the Ravens, but overall they couldn't do anything. The running backs had six carries combined between Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. So definitely hats off to the Chiefs, the way they execute, and then the coaching of Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo. It's easy for the radio guys and the TV guys who never played to come on air today and to break this game down how they saw it, right? And I'm going to talk specifically about Lamar Jackson here. I always love the opinion of the former player because you guys lived a completely different life than we did in regards to how you how you view this game, what you know about this game. How do we view Lamar Jackson today after what we just saw yesterday? You, you look at the game and you're like, I, I need more. And the one fascinating and fun thing that you love about Lamar Jackson is the plays that he can make where he shakes off Leo Chanel and he throws a bomb to Zay Flowers or the ball gets batted up in the air and he catches it himself. Throughout the course of the game, it was some of the small things in between him and Todd Monk and the offensive coordinator. You just needed to see more easy plays. Of He gets the ball, Chiefs are coming with a blitz, he gets the ball out quick, and it's an easy three- or four-yard pickup. Everything just seemed hard for that Ravens offense to be able to do. Lamar having a ball in his pocket, scrambling around, waiting for something to happen, opposed to an anticipation throw on a second and eight where you're able to pick up five and get to a third and three. Nothing came easy for them. So I think looking at Lamar, as great as this season has been, you get to the playoffs, you needed more on-schedule plays, I think, from that offense to get more in a rhythm. It was too sporadic. You think about it, they scored that touchdown early on, and then it was nothing until the end of the game they hit a field goal. Jason McCourty, host of Good Morning Football. He, of course, former defensive back for the Patriots, for the Miami Dolphins, for the Titans, among others. Uh, J-Mac, when we look at 
the opening drives for the Chiefs, you mentioned them, the fact that they go down the field, how much momentum can affect the player in those kind of moments who is on the other side of it, the not-so-good side of it? It affects you because you, you come in with this game plan, and for Baltimore, you get the ball, and that quick three and out, especially at home, you look at the week before the Houston Texans, they had six pre-snap penalties, five false starts, and a delay and delay of game. So for the Chiefs, when you come out as hot as they did and you take a lead, right away the crowd is silent because they're stunned of how the game started off. And then Lamar comes back and he makes that tremendous play. But then the Chiefs come right back down and they drive the ball and they score again. So I think it not only affects the players on the opposite side, but it also affects the crowd. And – at one point in the second half, the Ravens are down 17-7, to and that was the largest deficit Lamar had faced in like 31 games. It goes back two seasons. So this was also a position that the Ravens weren't used to being in. They were, have become accustomed to playing ahead. They are number one rushing team, not only in yards, but in attempts as well. And then you come out of a game where Lamar's your leading ball carrier with eight carries. It changes the whole dynamic of the game. You know, we spend a lot of time focusing on the negative, but Patrick Mahomes yesterday, brilliant. Brilliant in the simplicity. Take what the defense gives you. Make good decisions. Put your team in a position where they can win. And sure enough, they did. You know, you were with Brady during that Super Bowl run against the Rams, the one against Jared Goff, not Kurt Warner. That was a different type of Patriot team. That was a lower-scoring game, kind of what we saw yesterday. A lot of comparisons now between Mahomes and Brady. The way you see Mahomes going through it, can you start to get the comparisons? Like, are we getting close to that point where we're looking at Mahomes as the GOAT? Oh, of course. I mean, look at their numbers through at the same point in their career. Mahomes is still right there. He's a Super Bowl away. And it's funny, sitting in, the, sitting in the booth yesterday, my brother says to me, he goes, this Chiefs team reminds me of our 2018 Patriots team where throughout the course of the season, everybody counted us out. And no different than this Chiefs team this year. Everybody has said, well, this isn't their year. You go back to that Christmas Day game where they lose to the Raiders, Mahomes is chewing guys out on the sideline. Travis Kelsey is slamming his helmet. They get eliminated from contention for the number one seed in the AFC. And it's like, well, there's that. They've never, Mahomes has never gone on the road to play a playoff game. And then they win two games at the end of the season. The last one against the Chargers. And the only memorable thing in that game was Chris Jones hits his stack incentive and then a playoff start. And it's like a whole nother gear where now you have guys like Marquez Valdez, Scantling stepping up, making plays and two games for them in the playoffs. They beat up on the Dolphins. Then they go on the roll, the Bills, the Ravens, and they just seem like as soon as you count them out, they're just like, nah, we have championship pedigree, and we know what it takes at this level. And they showed that yesterday. They look like the more experienced team and the team that's been there before, and there was no panic. Jason McCourty with us, host of Good Morning Football on NFL Network. All right, so with that in mind, when it comes to Mahomes, we have talked about all season about how this group is not that same level of talent that we are used to seeing around him and there were times where they're dropping passes and making those kind of mistakes and that changed at some point what is the Mahomes influence in that situation where guys just stop making the mistakes that they were making earlier in the year greatness I think and what he's able to do and also the positivity that he had like 
go throughout the season and listen to his sound bites when a guy drops a pass or doesn't do something. He kept saying, I'm going to keep throwing these guys the ball. I watch them every every single day in practice. I have so much faith. And whether it was Valdez Scanling, whether it was Kadarius Toney, when he lined up offsides, whether it was Sky Moore, all of these guys, he's continued to build confidence in him and say that I'm going to come back to him. I'm going to come back to him. But in addition to that, what makes things easier, look at Travis Kelsey in the last two playoff games. He goes out, he scores two touchdowns against the Bills. He leads them in receiving yards. Yesterday, 11 targets, 11 catches, 116 yards. For those other guys, it's easy to make a play here and there when a guy like Kelsey is going off. And then you have to talk about Rasheed Rice. The rookie has continued to get better throughout the course of the season. And he's a guy where he can take a short pass and run 15, 20 yards and make a play down the field. But I think just who Mahomes is as a person, the confidence that he builds in them, where he puts the ball, how good of a player he is, and there's no blink in him. No moment is too big. He always arrives for the occasion. Jason McCourty joining us here, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, to the NFC Championship game. A lot of debate as to the decision-making and the execution on behalf of the Detroit Lions in the second half of the game. You know, as a player, if you're on that team, how are you viewing Dan Campbell and his decision-making this morning? Are you all the way in or are you questioning some of it? Oh, no. This is, this is two sides of it. If I'm a player on that team, there's no question, there's no doubt, one bit. You've been in it since August. Some of the guys for the prior three seasons with Dan Campbell, you've seen him through and through. You've watched him make these calls. You're not doubting him at all because of the belief that he's placed in them. I think it goes both ways. I think as an analyst, for me, now retired and knowing the game, being around the game, you watch and I'm just like, Dan, come on, kick kick the ball, get put the points on the board. And you're hoping that as go up 17 at a point in that game, all right, you don't do it. Josh Reynolds drops the ball. Fine. All right, let's continue to play. You have a chance to tie the ball game up and you go for it again. And I get it. They've lived and died on that. It's gotten them into this position that they're in. But it's like now you're there. Now what's going to put us in the best position to win the game? Me personally, I think you take the point. But I'll also talk about, talk about it from the perspective of being within a locker room. It's easy on the outside to criticize and say, oh, when it didn't go right, you should have done this, that, or the third. But as a player in that locker room, I don't think there's any doubt in Dan Campbell as a head coach for those guys. All right, last one. What did you learn about Brock Purdy in the second half yesterday? Did he remind you of anyone? I'll say about Brock Purdy, and I've been one of the guys that continue to say I've been on a lot of teams where you get late in the game and you're down four points and you have the ball on your own 20-yard line. And I sat, sat on the bench and I'm like, well, fellas, we fall hard, but this one's over. Because there's no belief that the guy that you have under center can drive you down there and actually put seven points on the board. That's not the case with Brock Purdy. And he showed that last week against the Packers when they were down and he didn't play a great game. And he was able to drive them down and put those points on the board. And for him, down in that second half, he played a stellar second half in that, in that game. And beyond that, it was scrambles. It was him keeping a play alive, finding Usek on the sideline. Brock Purdy's a guy that no matter what, he just finds a way to win games. And you can say what he lacks and talk about all of that. But at the end of the day, the guy's been a winner. And it's just so cool to see Mr. Irrelevant two years later. Now he's in the Super Bowl. And a lot of 49ers players and fans feel like, He's not knocked out of the game last year. They'd be going to back-to-back Super Bowl. So uh, hats off to Brock Purdy. He's continue to ignore all the noise and just go out there and do his thing. J-Mac, enjoying the weekly fit check on Good Morning Football of the best fit of the week. And I have a picture, <laughs> I have a picture up right now of you that is in a pair of Jordans 
some overall shorts, <laughs> no shirt, cowboy hat. And I'm wondering if there is a weight limit to wear something like that. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> not, not at all, Chris. It's all about confidence. Anybody yeah. can pull that look off. Matter of fact, go put that look on, go home, surprise the wife, and I'm telling you it's going to be a fantastic night. Oh, boy. I don't know about that. <laughs> J-Mac, appreciate it, man. Awesome stuff. Great call yesterday, too. I got to hear a good amount of it. Thanks again. I appreciate it, Chris Joel. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep, Jason McCourty. He, of course, of Good Morning Football, and it is a tremendous look. I just, I, I, I don't know. Big guy in overalls, no shirt. It works. I've seen it in other locations, more yeah. towards the Midwest where you're out, you're you're working, you're doing what you need to do to take care of that land, but it's a good look. Yeah, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not out tending to my land. No. <laughs> no. I am more tending to my Pringles. It is Carlin versus <laughs> Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Patrick Mahomes is back in the Super Bowl, but... Is he the reason this time? That's next. Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio, including on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Chiefs have the Lamar Hunt trophy, and they're taking it to Vegas for Super Bowl 58. I thought our guys played hard, aggressive football. They they came out and played their hearts out. Mahomes to throw it, fires it near side to Kelsey, comes back to the ball, and holds it in. Touchdown, Kansas City. Our job now is to prepare ourselves to play a good football team in the Super Bowl and try to get that ring. You can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. And once again, they are getting it done. Getting it done brought to you by Granger. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I, I, we got to pace I, ourselves with this music, please. It's going to be two weeks. Pace yourself, everybody. Are you, are you one of these guys that's, like, tired of seeing her? No. No, no. I think it's an interesting storyline. But like everything, 
moderation, including yeah. moderation. I don't need that much Taylor Swift. And over the next two weeks, we're going to have a decent amount of it. And I'm okay with that. You know what was funny? During the game, if you caught it, Taylor Swift had had enough Taylor Swift because they cut to her and she is looking at, the, can we turn it down just a little bit? Costello's There's, really on one right it, now. It really is. This is a Costello special right here. They cut to her in the suite. She is looking up at a monitor and she appears on the monitor and she just mouths, go away, please. Well, that was so, when they were promoting the Grammys, yeah, right? Yeah, so are the lip-reading experts on Twitter wondering, did she say, go away, please, or did she say, for the Grammys? I thought she said, go away, please. Some people thought she looked at it and was like, oh, they're showing me for the Grammys, because then they showed the Grammys promotion. I don't know. I'm not a lip-reading expert. I'm just saying that's, well, that's the I, debate. Fascinating if she used the word please when she wasn't on a mic. Go away, please. Like, that's very polite in a situation where no one's anticipating it. You know, no, I, to be I polite could, there. Drop see, a I huge F bomb, they like, won't come back to you. Uh, Every time the camera's on you, say the F word, and then they'll stop coming to you. Yeah, see, I took it more as go away, please, like that. Like, there was, a, there was an annoyance to it. Like, she was almost tired of seeing herself on it. Well, I, then, you know, I, I mean, like, she knows what's happening. It's the AFC Championship. Yeah. She's in a suite. If you don't want to be on TV, go back into, like, the indoor portion of the suite. But no, they can't I'm see just, you. Listen, yeah. It's how it works. Like, this is not new. It's not the first game she's gone to. I do think that we need to book Chris Russo this week to talk about how, from a travel standpoint, she will get from Tokyo <laughs> after one of her last shows of her tour here on the night before, I believe, the Super Bowl to Vegas in time. Now, listen, I don't know everything that's involved in terms of, you know, time change and all that. I'm not doing math. No chance. But I do want it. I can assure listen. you no one was about to ask you either. Yeah. Uh, listen, she, uh, let's be real. She is not going to be sitting in 37F on United connecting in Denver. All right. I mean, uh, she will be on, you know, Air Swift. Yeah, that thing's just a direct shot right into Vegas. I'd imagine they're going to clear it out. Vegas is going to be quite – they got some uh, practice with this for the Formula One race, but yeah. you have McCarran Airport, which is right there on the south end of the Strip by Mandalay Bay, MGM Grand, all that. You also have the private airfield in Henderson, which mm -hmm. is where a lot of the private jets are going to fly in and park. I can't imagine she has a small private plane. It's probably quite quite – immense but no, i think she has 747 yeah point. for the formula one though a lot of the private jets had to drop their people off and then fly down to like phoenix and hang out there and then come back there were so many private planes for that event vegas couldn't accommodate all of them are you disappointed that you're not in vegas this, this coming week i'm disappointed i'm not in vegas every week period pretty much every week yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I enjoy the rain. Don't get me wrong. Freezing cold rain is fantastic. Who doesn't love it? 10 mile an hour drives in on single lane roads. It's, it's the dream. But there are also other dreams, and I, and I like, you know, diverse dreams. <laughs> it's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, on your smart speakers as well. L listen, more than anything, we look at the Chiefs, we look at Patrick Mahomes, and while I might sit here and tell you that the biggest reason that they are headed to the Super Bowl is the mistakes made by the Baltimore Ravens, Patrick Mahomes just continues to get it done. And I want to read you a quote, okay? 
This is from Peter King's column today, Football Morning in America. You can get it at Pro Football Talk. Um, go back. Here, here is this uh, paragraph from King. Go back 12 weeks to Germany after Kansas City limped to a toothless 21-14 win over Miami. I talked to Pat for football night. Quote, we're going to get this offense figured out, I promise you, and we'll be a hard team to beat. Afterward in the locker room, King stopped to thank him for his time and unprompted, believe me, about this offense. No doubt in my mind. To me, that is Patrick Mahomes saying, we're not just going to figure it out. These guys are going to figure it out based on me driving them and showing and leading and understanding what this is going to be about. That's Patrick Mahomes saying, I don't care about what the talent level in the room might be right now. That plays nothing into it. This is what we're going to do. That's what makes him elite. That's what yeah. makes Andy Reid elite. You you have ingredients. You can either make something special with those ingredients or you can keep trying to take flour and turn it into a hot dog, right? Like the coach, there are a lot of coaches that don't get that. For the longest time, coaches were drafting these quarterbacks out of the Big 12 who played in this shotgun, run and shoot, spread them out, up tempo offense, and then they'd stick them under center and 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 want them to hold the ball off, hand the ball off, and run power all day. Why'd you draft the kid? Don't don't force the kid into the system. Build the system around the kid. And that's what this offense has done. Sure, it might not be the most talented offense that they've ever had, but it's probably the most well-prepared offense they've ever had because they know the margin for error is smaller. I want to go to the second touchdown drive they put up on the Ravens. Game is 7-7 at this point. Baltimore went three and out to start the game. Kansas City went down the field and scored. Ravens answered. 7-7 on the road against the best defense in the NFL. Here's what the drive looked like. First and 10 at the Kansas City, 25. Mahomes, short right pass to Pacheco, three yards. Second down, Mahomes, 10-yard pass to Rasheed Rice, first down. Pacheco, right guard for a negative two-yard gain. Mahomes for an 11-yard scramble. We're now at third and one. Mahomes, short left to Kelsey for six yards. We're back to first and 10, right around midfield. Pacheco goes for five yards on a run. Mahomes, short left to Clyde Edwards-Elair for one yard, Third and four now. Mahomes pass short right to Rasheed Rice for nine yards. Quarter ends. Drive continues. First and 10. Baltimore 32. Mahomes short right to Rasheed Rice. Five yards. Mahomes incomplete. Mahomes short middle to Kelsey for 10 yards. First and 10. Baltimore 17. Mahomes short right to Gray for five yards. Pacheco up the middle for two yards. Mahomes scrambles left for four yards. Now we're first and goal at the six. Pacheco up the middle for four. Pacheco left guard for two yards. Touchdown. How many of those were 45-yard home runs? None. How many were hooking ladders? How many were 60-yard scrambles? None. They're going against the best defense in the NFL. The game plan was tailored to that. Jason McCourty just came on and said this about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, how they didn't have any easy plays for him. There were no easy plays. There was no let's swing it out to the left and let a playmaker go for four yards and set up second and six and get ahead of the sticks. Let's stay on schedule. Let's get ahead of schedule. It felt like every single time Lamar Jackson dropped back, it was pulling teeth, trying to figure out just how to get the ball out of his hands to someone who might be mildly uncovered. Mildly. 
I use that term very loosely. Instead, here's Mahomes, four yards here, two yards there, six yards here, matriculating the ball down the field, taking what the defense gives him, operating with ruthless precision, scoring at the end of that drive. That, that's it. You don't need these miracle highlight plays. It's awesome Lamar Jackson caught his own pass and ran for a bunch of yards. The pass also had to be a bad pass that was deflected to get to that point. No one's going to look at any of those Mahomes play and say, what a highlight. He just kept making good, smart plays the entire game. 75 yards and 16 plays on that drive. Brilliant. Nine and the number minutes. one defense in the NFL couldn't do squat about it. Not a thing. The guy is amazing, and I know you're going to tire of it over the next few weeks, and it's understandable, but if he's about to win his third championship by the age of 28, that discussion is going to pick up steam. Oh, and here we go again. Can't enjoy a football game without having to take it to Brady versus Mahomes, right? All I said was LeBron versus Jordan. I think I think LeBron uh, had a bowel movement this morning. Is it a better bowel movement than Michael Jordan? Triple H, say ESPN. Yeah, I'll sit out that segment, thanks. You, no, you won't. You'll <laughs> indulge in that segment, especially if it's in the month of July. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, maybe All-Star Week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an All-Star Week conversation. <laughs> Number <Whoa>. two. <laughs> The one thing that separated the Ravens and Chiefs that nobody is talking about. That is right after I tell you about this from our friends over at Indeed. It is the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates. There's no better way to do that than through Indeed. The hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, interview, and Hire all candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Next the hassle. Start the hiring. Indeed.com slash credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Enough is enough! I have had it with these takes on this plane! Everybody strap in! This plane is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. It is a brief edition of takeoff this week because we're limited to just the two championship games. But there is plenty to cover from both of them, so let's not waste any time. Carlin, 
versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we told you about getting it done and how the Chiefs were getting it done. Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Chief 17, Ravens 10. The thing that I was really more blown away by in this game is the fact that the Chiefs scored 17 points and won the game. There is no way that I ever thought that that was going to be enough to win this game. But boy, Steve Spagnolo, bravo. Bravo, a phenomenal job in that game yesterday to limit the Ravens all over the place. Yeah, they turned it over in some inopportune times, but Legereus Sneed, who is going to join us tomorrow, made a huge play in knocking the ball away from Zay Flowers. And then Patrick Mahomes threw it into triple coverage in the end zone. And those two things absolutely killed him. What's it about? Biggest plays when you need them the most, Joe. On the flip side, Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Mockin. The reason the Ravens had taken the next step this year. The reason Lamar Jackson headed for his second MVP award. Gone is Greg Roman and his slow, archaic offense. Here comes Monken and his way of getting the most out of Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah, in the regular season, it looked pretty good. And then it mattered. It mattered in a big way for the biggest game of the year, and that offense looked like every Greg Roman offense we have ever seen bogged down in the playoffs. The Ravens averaged 33.6 yards per point. 33 yards per point. To put that in perspective, the New England Patriots were the worst in the NFL from a yards per point metric. It took them 19, 19 yards for every point. The Ravens damn near doubled that. That's how bad that performance was yesterday. The Chiefs have a good pass defense. They have a lousy run defense. So what does Monken do? He runs the ball with his running backs six times. Six times against a lousy run defense. Lamar Jackson looked uncomfortable the entire game. The offense had no rhythm outside of one drive. It was a complete failure in every regard. You know, I go to the other side, and I was talking a few minutes ago about how Patrick Mahomes was so locked in on how they were going to figure this out and they were going to get it together. And I know it's cliche, but I don't know that there was ever a better representation of this yesterday in both games great players are at their best when the greatness is required and he talked about how they were going to get it figured out joe the chiefs did not drop a pass all day on sunday they weren't put in tough situations though there was one tough pass well there's that that's probably me short selling it but one that comes to mind to seal the deal at the end of the game to mvs where they threw a bomb down the field and he made the play because the Ravens defense once again got beat. That Raven defense had a great second half, but in a key spot where they needed a stop, they couldn't get it. Mahomes was incredible, and everyone played their role. Everyone. Joe Tooney, the best offensive lineman, was out yesterday. Mahomes was sacked, what, one time? Mm-hmm. The Raven defense had nothing for him. He is now 14-3 and in his playoff career. He's tied with Manning, Elway, and Bradshaw for the most playoff wins uh, for third most. Uh, only behind Brady and Montana. Brady's at 35, so he's got a long way to go there. And Montana with 16. And Mahomes has not thrown an interception 
in six straight playoff games. 11 touchdowns over that stretch. Good thing I bet that he would throw an interception yesterday. That was one of several losers. Well, listen, we had a rough day yesterday, okay? <laughs> I got two pizza monies and basketball coming your way. Shoot or shoot. That's what they do. They don't lay off. They don't take a day off. No. You get back to work. You do what, what's expected of you. Yes, sir. You go through adversity. <laughs> 49ers 34, 31. So listen, you can talk all you want about everything that the 49ers did in the second half. They were absolutely brilliant. Brock Purdy's the real deal. I'm in finally now for good. And I was kind of in the other day when I went back and looked just how remarkable of a season he had. That he had 11 interceptions, yes, but that four of them came in one game, his worst of the year. The dude was so calm and cool and went out in the second half of that game and made plays with his legs, made plays with his arms, and he delivered for the 49ers. And most importantly, every time Dan Campbell made a bad decision, and there were three of them to be sure, he was there to take advantage. The Purdy conversation is going to go down as one of the most ridiculous conversations of the NFL season on behalf of people like us, sports talk radio guys, people on TV, because it was never realistic. It was always, hey, is Brock Purdy the MVP of the NFL? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Calm down with that. Like, yes, his odds in Vegas are representative of a guy who's competing for the award, but how come the question was never, hey, is Brock Purdy the type of guy – that can play quarterback for the Niners for the next five to ten years? Do they have their guy? How about something as simple as that? And if that was the conversation, yeah, yeah, that's the answer. He's, he, he plays the position pretty well. After watching how Lamar played the position in the morning and then watching how Purdy played the position, I feel pretty confident saying that he can be the quarterback of the 49ers. On the other side, how about some love for Jared Goff? The great irony when he played for the Rams was that he was the weak link. Sean McVay's a brilliant coach. Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup, all these other players. They're such brilliant players. Golf's the weak link. Golf goes back to the NFC Championship game with the Lions. He plays great. 273 yards, one touchdown, no picks, only took two sacks, made a lot of great decisions, gave his team a chance to win the game, and it was everyone around him. Coaches, teammates that failed him. The Gibbs fumble, the Reynolds drops. It's amazing how far he's come, and it's a damn shame that very few people are going to talk about him today because there's so much else to focus on. And when it comes to the Lions, it's all about so many bad decisions and poorly executed plays in crucial spots. All right, so it is the third largest comeback, tied for third, largest comeback in championship game history, down 17 points. Two other teams came back from down 18. Relatively, it's very recent with one of them, relatively recent with the other. You want to take a stab? One's got to be the Bills Oilers, right? No, no, no. Championship game. That wasn't a championship game? That was, was a that? divisional game. Divisional game? Actually, that might have been a wild card game now that I think about it. Okay. Um, no, go ahead and tell me. Bengals two years ago down 18 to the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, when Mahomes had the end-of-half gaff on the goal line and then the whole game flipped. Yep. And then the Colts. Brady in, never did that. Uh, the Colts in 06. I forgot about this. Colts came back on the Patriots down 18 in that game to get to the Super Bowl and eventually win it. Really? That was yeah. that was how Manning got to his first Super Bowl. Huge second half comeback. Where was that yep. game? Was it in Indianapolis? Yeah. Had to have been, right? Yep. yep. Wow, I don't even remember anything about that. I, I didn't remember much about that game either, other than the fact that it was the year after they had lost that horrible game to Pittsburgh at home. The uh, 
you know, the the fumble on the goal line and oh. then Vanderjack missed the field goal and Peyton's killing the offensive line, all that stuff. Okay. Oh, my God. Jeez. Anyway, all right. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So you mentioned Jared Goff. If Jared Goff played as well as Joe said, what cost the Lions? I just knocked over a cup on my desk here. That's oh. next. Uh, very. Was it filled with fluid? No. Or was it empty? Empty, thankfully. All right. We're using my hands all over the place here and how I talk. No harm, no foul. Yeah, okay. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe, pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Just a hideous weekend, hideous weekend, but we got to be held accountable. Two and eight, down 6.7 units. God, thank God Purdy connected on that pass for 51 yards to Ayuk to go over the longest completion to get us at least a piece of something. So here we go. We're going to go to the NBA today. (laughs) Jazz Nets is the game of choice player prop here. Cameron Johnson of the Nets. We're going to go over six and a half combined rebounds assists. Over six and a half rebounds assists for Cameron Johnson. Now he's averaging 7.2 rebounds plus assists per game on the season. So the average is there. He's also going over this mark in five straight. So he's trending hot as of right now. The key to this entire thing, Dorian Finney-Smith isn't going to play tonight out with an ankle. That's going to create more opportunity for Johnson to get more minutes and more opportunities. Oh, by the way, in a game that has a total of 235 and a half. 235 and a half is a big total. That means lots of shots, lots of rebounds, lots of assists, lots of opportunity. Pizza money number one, Cameron Johnson over six and a half rebounds plus assists. It is juice. It's right around minus 130. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and not letting them play long ball. And I wanted to get the upper hand back. Jared rolls to his right, still looking, throws downfield, incomplete. Lions come up empty, was looking for Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't regret those decisions. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. You should, because you screwed it up and you cost your team. How about that? It's too much Taylor Swift. I got to file the complaint again. It's two weeks. Pace yourself, gentlemen. Well, here's what happens, okay? Pat Costello is sitting in today for the handman who has got the day off. And here's Pat walking in the door, and I'm going to be cute, and I'm going to make my mark. Here's my little number two joke. Here's my Taylor Swift music (laughs) all over the place. See, this is where you guys have it completely wrong. The song's called You Need to Calm Down. It's perfect for Dan Campbell. I don't know. That's, 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 you know what, good sell. It's a good spin, But no, there's other songs that would work. Yeah, I mean, he. How about Highway to Hell? That sounds like a Campbell song. (laughs) Highway to hell. Get on the highway, and no matter what obstacles you encounter on that highway, 140 mile an hour. Don't break. Don't think. Don't do anything different. Everything will work out fine because you're aggressive. I I love the analogy that you made earlier that Dan Campbell would be going 95 miles an hour 
whether it was raining, snowing, right. or a perfect day on the highway. No room for nuance. You're nope. on Route 80 heading west all the way across the country. Beautiful day, no cars around. 90 mile an hour, that sounds good. Hey, look, it's hailing. The road is extremely dangerous. There are old ladies parked on the side of the road. There's debris everywhere. Still 100 mile an hour. Why do anything different given the circumstances? Same thing every time. It always works. Nuance, I don't believe, appears in the Lions playbook. No. If I had to guess. And Joe, look, if we're going to look at what cost the Lions this opportunity, it's very clear to me it's their head coach. And it was in three different instances. There is validity to being yourself as a coach and to not deviating from that. But there is also validity to understanding when it is appropriate and when it is just not good common sense. And so for me, I can look at three instances yesterday and absolutely blame Dan Campbell for what happened. Number one, right before the half, they got 10 seconds left in the half and the Lions at the two yard line of San Francisco up 21-7. It is a tailor-made Dan Campbell, let's go for it moment and really put the foot on the throat of the 49ers and have them reeling going into the half and he kicks a field goal somehow. At the two, unbelievable. Yeah, it put him up three scores, but it still was a bit of a win for the 49ers going in, so it's 24-7. Got to jump in quickly. That's a very quick dismissal of the, yeah, I mean, it did put them up three scores, but it feels like that should get a little bit more run because a a three-score game when the opponents only scored seven points and a half, pretty significant. All right, well, but to your point, let's go back. Because then, following that, the 49ers on the first drive of the second half kick a field goal, so it's a 24-10 game. Then... Fourth and two at the 28-yard line, seven minutes left third quarter. You got a chance to kick that field goal and basically wipe out what the 49ers just did. And instead, you go for it. And Reynolds drops the football, and it gives them life. And Nick Bosa, of all people, admitted that's when it changed. What did you feel was the turning point in the third quarter when you guys really got going? I think when they went for... uh... When they went on fourth down down here and we got a little pressure and a stop, that's all you need. Just get off the field and get our offense rolling. Kick the field goal, make it a three-score game again with less time on the clock. That's that. And then lastly... Well, just real quick, a lot to discuss on that. I'm just going to say, you know, if, if Reynolds does his job, he's not an amateur. He's a paid professional. Catch the football, son. We're not even talking about this today. Pretty simple solution to that problem. You're not wrong, but if they go up 17 points... It's also a pretty good solution. Not a guarantee they make the field goal. Every time we do this, he should just take the points. You still have to make the field goal. It's not a 100% conversion rate. Then they're down 27-24 after they cough it up later. And it is fourth and three, 7.36 left, fourth quarter, chance to tie instead of kicking the field goal and tying the game. He goes for it, and what happens? They don't get it. More momentum going to the 49ers. You handed them momentum three different times. No disagreements on that one. No disagreements. You want to take that kick, and if you make it, you have a young quarterback in Brock Purdy that you put on ice. You put him on a tight tight ship right there. If, if, you, 
If you miss that, all of a sudden everyone in San Francisco is comfortable. And to your point from earlier, you go down and you score again to make it a two-score game, which they did. You effectively end the game. Good debates, good points. I disagree with two of the three, but I understand a lot of the criticism around Campbell. All gas, no breaks, except at the end of the first half. And then all of a sudden, you know, now you're suddenly playing for three score games, but you're throwing on fourth down and Reynolds drops it. Like, why wasn't the kick good enough there? The logic doesn't add up, and as a result, it leads to people questioning it, which is more than fair. I think it's three other plays, which is odd, because it's not, I don't cross over on any of those. All those are worth discussing, but the three biggest problems for the Lions in that game, number one more than anything else, the uh, Jameer Gibbs fumble. That fumble right there, the, the Niners were on a 10-0 run to start the second half. Lions have the ball. They're on their own 25. Gibbs fumbles. Lions pounce. Crowd goes – or Niners pounce. Crowd goes nuts. Niners are in for a touchdown right after that. Lion defense tired. They're right back on the field. Huge mistake there. Mistake number two, end of the game – Third and one on the goal line. You can't run the ball and call timeout. You got three timeouts left. That's why you've been saving them. You got to get in and then use the three timeouts to stop the clock so you can get the ball back. I don't know what idiot ran the ball there, but that was the worst decision of the entire game. And then finally, and this is just unfortunate, but Kendall Vilder, the safety who tipped that ball up off the face mask to Brandon Ayuk. Listen, there are plenty to choose from, that's for sure. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.